0: Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. So it's a virtual whiskey society tonight. We were supposed to have Rachel Potts in for an actual whiskey society. What, it would have been two weeks ago, right?
1: Yeah, just two weeks ago, you know. (laughs) Yes.
0: But let's not worry about the disappointments. Let's be in the present and make the most of this moment here. Rachel Potts, brand ambassador from ben Rioc. Or are you not called a brand ambassador? Are you the distillery diplomat? What is what is your official title? I,
1: I do love that title, but I am the brand ambassador um, for ben Rioc, and then a few other single malts in our portfolio as well.
0: But let's back it up a little bit. I just want to check in with you. How are you doing in this uh, stay-at-home time that we are in?
1: You know, I, it's you know, there's good. Positive things about it absolutely you know you get a little more time with your significant others for better or for worse <laughs> and you get time to recharge this is my first time putting on makeup I think in about four weeks which has already been great uh, but you know doing okay thankfully I've got some good whiskey with me that helps to you know pass the time a little more and I'm getting much more used to this virtual interaction which right I'm very hesitant to engage in but I feel like it's a great tool just not just for
0: this, but also for personal connections. Yeah, well, everybody needs a good story. A little story time is good for the soul. I myself, you talk about putting on makeup. I was, I just did a, a full shower and shave. And it, I find that like I'm the type of person, this has been a tough time on me. I'm very active. I'm out on, we do like 150 tasting events a year. You know, like, I'm used to being at Whiskey Society and then Rum Society and then Men's Cow Collective. I'm out with the people doing stuff all the time, and so I'm going nuts, Um, doing a lot of yoga, trying not to be totally crazy and drive my significant other crazy as well. But I find that like doing a shave and and a shower, like getting myself like dressed up, even though I'm not going anywhere, it it made me feel much better.
1: It did, it gives you a little more of like, oh, I'm getting something, I'm being productive, I'm putting my best foot forward today. Even if it's just for everyone on the other end of this
0: computer, it's great. It's nice which is nice. So tell us, um, you know, you're a brand ambassador. And in the booze business, in my opinion, we've got a big disparity. There's not nearly enough women in the business. Um, and so, Mike, let's, let's back up a little bit before I, I want you to tell that story. But more importantly, how did you get into scotch because this is a company that's actually owned by Brown Foreman and that's Kentucky Bourbon, that's Chris Morrison, Woodford Reserve and Old Forrester and Jack Daniels so how did like they got into the scotch game big, tell us your journey in through, did, did you start off in the bourbon world or what's the story?
1: So I actually started as a bartender so like most bartenders thinking this is a way to make some money while I figure out why, ended up Figuring out that I loved everything to do with the bar world and hospitality and booze. And specifically, I got my start working in a whiskey bar. And I was the first female hired there. And part of the hazing of my first shift there was somebody gave me a, uh, which makes me really cringe now, but a shot of Owan to take. As a way to, like, you know, haze the new girl and jokes on them loving it.
0: Um, That's right. So, That's a nice shot. If, I mean, right? no need to shoot. I don't know who does that, but, uh, you I know,
1: know I wouldn't shoot it now. And, you know, my old friends <laughs> <current and my laughs> now, but it definitely, at that point, I'd only ever had, you know, some of the well, well, bourbons before and didn't really know whiskey was my jam. I was very much at the time a vodka drinker and, you know, drinker. And that kind of made me realize there was so much more dimension to sweetness than just that, you know, big burst of sweetness. Um, and as I was progressing through bartending, trying to figure out how to utilize my love of spirits and also love of hospitality into a career, as I think a lot of other bartenders have that crossroads at some point, um, a good friend of mine, Colin Coleman, is actually the Jack Daniels brand ambassador. And I had been managing a bar at this point uh, in West Hollywood called Ronan, which is great. Amaro bar actually, so I was really cutting my teeth into Amaro and the Amari world. And I'd been approached to be a brand ambassador for a couple different brands, but it was, they weren't necessarily brands I was super passionate about. And for me, I knew if I was going to get behind a brand and transition into this world, I had to be really passionate about it. And yeah. when this came along with Brown Forman, it was a single malt world, and also slain Irish whiskey, I was already very familiar with these single malts due to my experience at the bars back when they were cooling uh, way back in the day. And I knew the quality product that was, you know, still being produced after Brownstone took it over. And I also knew Rachel Barry Dr. Rachel Barry's story, was all mask. Yes. I mean, her pedigree is phenomenal, and having her behind all three of our single malts is just such a privilege to be able to be a part of. And so when the opportunity came around I jumped on it and I think my love of it is really what helped
0: me you know get this position. As a matter of fact I think Rachel Berry had her birthday this week. We're friends. I actually was very fortunate. Johnny Scott who was on here last week uh, took us to the morrison Beaumore Distillery uh, in Glasgow and we got to meet Rachel and go into her tasting lab, which is, like, insane. Like, uh, and So I got to meet Rachel. She's amazing. Happy birthday, Rachel Berry, if you're out there. Uh, maybe she'll catch this video a little further yeah. down the road. But Glendronic, which is one of the whiskeys along with Vinryoc that she helps to blend, just one. The Glendronic 15 won Best Whiskey in the World at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition just two, two weeks ago. I know because I was there. Um, but, uh,
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Um, and,
1: and the work she's been doing is just groundbreaking. I mean, she has such an amazing palate. And what she's doing with the fully matured Sherry, when uh, it comes to Glendronic, fully matured cherry Caps, and as he did to Fenrioc, all of the very different tasks we utilize with Fenrioc,
0: the way she's able to find some balance in all of those is just phenomenal. And hearing her speak of it is always inspiring as well. So she's yeah. great. She's one of the best in the biz, if not the best. Whoa, whoa, big, big. I'm all right. going to calm down yes. now, not to get you crazy. We're going to check in with the folks over here on YouTube Live. Stephanie Aguilar, our beloved Bar Jack Lobe manager. Yes. She says, thanks for coming on live, Rachel. Oh, and she says, if someone told her to shoot a shot of Oban, she'd definitely do it. I know that's true, Stephanie. <laughs>
1: yes. So, thanks so, for having me out again.
0: Great. When you were doing your, like, kind of brand ambassador training, did you go to Kentucky? You haven't gotten to go to Scotland yet, right? You haven't done Not that Not yet. Like you were supposed to, right? Like it just hasn't happened everything's been the whole world's been postponed and we're not supposed to be too sad about it it's going to be all right if we keep our distance we're going to get through this great hopefully we just need to you know it's good that you delayed your trip i'm sure you're looking forward to it are you going to go get yeah tell me tell me
1: oh so um i did go to kentucky um actually my first day starting this job was uh meeting the rest of the team in kentucky which was great to meet everyone from brown foreman and really I, I knew this side of it, but knowing the Brown Foreman side now and how really family oriented it is. And yeah. even with everything going on now and how the companies really rallied together to make us all feel supported and taken care of has I, I would not say it surprised me, but it was still very pleasant you know, that you don't hear a lot of other companies doing. And so yeah. it's really a blessing to work for them and to meet everybody in Kentucky was such a joy. Um I was not expecting to feel this immediate warm and welcomed as I did. Um, and then I have uh, some amazing counterparts in New York and San Francisco who've been doing this for a few years, and I got to shadow them for a
0: bit as well. So it's been great. So what kind of things, I know that it is very uh, a familial company. Uh, did what, what kind of things are they, are they making like alcohol for hand sanitizer right now? What kind of stuff are Brandformin doing?
1: They are. So they actually down, uh, donated a million dollars towards different relief funds. Some of those uh, being the restaurant Workers resource. Yeah, how do you do that? Kentucky. Um, They're also working on local initiatives as well because donating to the larger uh, amazing charities is fantastic. They're also working um, in local markets to try to help bartenders and and the industry out here as well. They are shutting down some of their um, distilleries as well to actually produce hand sanitizer, and those are going straight to people on the front lines and people in production. So wow. it, it's been really lovely to see everyone coming together in
0: this. Well, one of the things we're doing is we're trying to bring attention to, if you're watching us right now on YouTube Live, right beneath this video is a link to the GoFundMe page, which is a fundraiser that will go directly to Bar Jack Jackalope and Seven Grand employees in downtown Los Angeles who are currently laid off. But uh, we're trying to do what we can do too but also share stories feel better about life um let's what, what have you seen in your neighborhood like tell us a good story have you seen any like uh, i know that like down in culver city Rock Rose pizza they've been doing like um one or two days a week like if you call this certain phone number you can get a, a free pizza if you're like a laid-off bartender or a laid-off waiter or you know have you heard of any things that, where you where are you at
1: so there's fantastic uh, people reaching out all around. Thunderbolt is amazing. They're doing, uh, doing a group of hospitality almost daily, if you can sign up for it and reach out. Um, Boy is another uh, local restaurant in Echo Park, who are also doing some family meal packs. Um, there are also, uh, USBG is working together to do um, groceries for people out of work and grocery kits. So there's been a lot of really great initiatives going on from a lot of different uh, places around LA great to see not only the industry itself coming together, but other brands coming together and really working, you know, to help everybody out. It's been fantastic to see. And something we're doing, too, is um, the virtual tip for hospitality. So every time I make a cocktail at home, you can see I've made quite a few. Uh, We put a little dollar (laughs) are going to local um, uh, kind of charity chapters to help out. Oh, that's so
0: cool. yeah, there's there's virtual tip jars going on all over the country. It's really some amazing thing. I think during this time, people really come to realize like how much they love being able to go to their bar and just relax. It's it's nice to be able to get out of the house. Like it's when you lose it is when you discover how valuable it truly is sometimes. So but we'll be back. Right. We're going to be back.
1: Yes, exactly. This is just a little bump. And honestly, I think it's going to be interesting to see coming back just how much more community is built around this. I was talking to another bartender uh, recently who's been saying, You know, you're used to going to your same bars and you have your same small families at these very certain places you go to. And now it's changing where people from all over Los Angeles, Orange County, even the US are reaching out to each other. And those families, instead of just being smaller pockets, are building. And so it's interesting to see when this is, you know, over and we can go back to the bars, just how much more community they'll be.
0: That's right. We've we've come to appreciate appreciate each other more, you know. Like some definitely good connections being made through through the dress. Well, let's talk about a little whiskey. So you had whiskey bar experience. You were into scotch. What is specifically what makes Bin Riok what it is? I I do want to have you back to talk about GlenDronach, obviously, because. Yeah. Oh, oh, what? Nothing but the best whiskey in the world. But yes. this is a very special distillery as well. So let us know, where is this whiskey made? Um, You know, tell us the story of ben, Ben-Riak.
1: So ben was actually one of the first smaller distilleries I became familiar with when I was working at the whiskey bar, even before Glendronic, just because it is so unique. And the uh, buyer at the time of the buyer was working at really wanted to have very eclectic and very interesting whiskeys that you could taste it and say, I've never tasted anything like this before. And Benrioth is completely that whiskey. Um, it was opened back in 1898 and unfortunately due to the and crash and other economic issues it pretty much closed within two years. Um, 33 distilleries opened about that time and almost all of them closed. The economic crisis. So it was not fall until about 1960. And during when it reopened, it actually reopened mostly as a blending stories. They were actually using it for a lot of different purposes, but one of the things that's very unique, and Ben Raff, by the way, I didn't mention this, is a space side. So, you know, thinking about where some of the most iconic malt Scotches that you know and love come from, space side is definitely one of the most populous regions of most of those brands. Um, so the fact that it is so different from the others is kind of interesting. Um, being a blending distillery, basically a lot of the blended whiskeys are looking for a little bit of smoke content. You know, we think of Isla, we think of heavy peat, we think of heavy smoke, but even there's some lightly heated things going on in a lot of those older blends. Ben-Riak is one of two space-side distilleries that are on vaulting So they turned to Ben-Riak and they said, you know, we want you to produce this peat. We can't get enough from Isla, Isla's out of stock. So they did that. They also were saying, you know what? We need a little bit of carry influence in this blend. So they turned to Ben-Riak. Ben-Riak was kind of like their experimental distillery. And so we have something called Warehouse 13 at Enriot, which is housing pretty much all sorts of different types of barrels that you can imagine. We have muscatel. we have uh paper menace cherry, or also sherry, virgin American oak cask, uh, bourbon, ex bourbon barrels, we have rum cast, we have almost any type of cask, puncheon, hogshead you can imagine. So we're yeah. really kind of the eclectic, unique, uh, unconventional space out, as you like to say. But before we get to that, um, I think
0: you actually have some of the ten here with you as well, right? Yes, thanks to Drizzly. Giving a <laughs> shout out to the alcohol delivery systems that have come online. I've never even heard of Drizzly until today, but I was so into this that actually it came to my door. It came to my door, and it was like under someone else's name, and I was like, eh, "Just trust me, it's for me, man. Trust me. I, I don't know how to say how important it is that you hand me that." box. No. That's important though. Use the delivery thing. I know booze can make people like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go to the liquor store. I'm going, I'm just going to put a bandana on. I'm going. No. Order delivery, stay home. It's like only a couple more weeks through over the big hump here.
1: It's great. Just like keeping us all going, right? <laughs> so when you think of a space side single mall, you mostly think about how approachable, how fruit forward, how clean it is. Um, better the 10-year classic is every single one of those things it's very much that bayside classic single malt and even just nosing it you immediately get so much fruit on the nose like i immediately get green apple and a pear a lot of orchard fruit
0: i totally get that ripe right, pear like the you know how like pears are, they're beautiful fruit because they kind of are so temporal like a pear will go from being unedibly unripe, you know, like just ined inedibly unripe. I have proper English here. Um and then and then like within like 15 minutes it's got like like soft spots on it and it's it's you have to capture a pear in its essence. And this is that moment as it's like this is the smell of when you need to eat that pear right now. It's ripe. It's like go. It's that know? perfect
1: mouth watering moment of mm-hmm. just that anticipation. And a lot of those fruit notes actually come from our uh, production process. So we're still a very small distillery. We only have two wash, two spirit sales total. You know, we're not producing as much as the guys. We're doing really focused. A lot of our distillery is still mostly, I think, almost 100% man-made, like manually automated. Not automated, just manually
0: produced. We have a very long- do, how big are the, the stills? Have you seen the pictures of them? Are they like short, fat stills? Are they tall, thin stills? What do they look like?
1: So they're much more of like almost like a pear, speaking of pears or onion-shaped still. Um, the wash still is, you know, I would say about average, medium size in the distillery world, the spirit still is a little bit smaller as well. And a lot of that shape really is drawing out more of those fruit dough. so We really want to capitalize on those classic space-side attributes of just focusing on the beautiful fruit. And we get these amazing, ripe. Right? Again, in this one, we're getting pear and apple, beautiful fruit coming forward. Both in our barley, we're getting some very fresh barley. We're not getting it very far away. It's freshly pressed by the time we get it to our distillery. We offer some of the very hard but very pure and filtered mineral water we're using. Um, and the more minerality in your water, the more of these fruits that we're getting forward. We're actually drawing it out of an underground spring, and it's naturally filtered by sandstone. So you're getting the very clean, beautiful water and we do a very long fermentation time. It so basically means we're getting all those esters getting out there. Our shortest fermentation time is around 100 hours and our longest is about 117. So we're really making sure to prolong it. And what comes out is almost, our beer is almost like a cider that goes into the still. Then it tastes like a, a tart.
0: I get that, I get that totally. That's beautiful. So
1: and then when you it, yeah, it's very clean.
0: Is that proprietary yeast strain that you guys are using? Or is it just like distiller's yeast that everybody uses? And it just has to do with where and what the, the kind of grain you're using and the water source or whatever that's that's making that, and that long fermentation, obviously, that is bringing those fruity notes. But yeah, do you know about that one?
1: It is just distiller's yeast that we're using. Um, again, a lot of it comes from, A, the fact that we're doing that very long fermentation time, very high minerality to the water. But also, we're also doing a four- and this is gonna get very technical, but for water process, we're introducing water four times into that wort versus doing it three times in a lot of other
0: stories do are they fact, is that is that like hot water? Do you know is it a hot water that they're introducing, kind of reinvigorating the, the yeast? Is that what so they mean?
1: It starts off fairly cool. It starts off in like the mid sixties and it gives it one surface for about a half an hour and then we keep building that up for the four times. So it gets a little bit hotter every time. Wow. But just because we're doing it that extra step, we're doing it long you know, along the fermentation. All of these things contribute to this amazingly bright single touch. scotch. You know, yeah. it's just an unmistakable space side, but also it's an unmistakable better This is going to be something that here's just a great classic way to start to introduce you to the DNA and what goes into every one of our expressions.
0: I really love it. I think that what's remarkable about this tenure is that it ha- it has a texture, a creaminess that makes me think that it's older. Like it doesn't. It says 10-year, but I, I could totally believe that this is like a 14- to 16-year-old whiskey or 12-year easily. You know, it seems like when you put an age statement on there, like, really? It's only 10? Because it, it seems more mature than that. It's very um, it's very melded to itself. It's like got a beautiful balance.
1: The mouthy on it is phenomenal. And, again, the, the minimum age on this is a 10-year. There could be other crafts in there that are a little bit older, um, but the low, we have to put the lowest age on there is 10. And the food press we're using are very unique in this as well. We're using X bourbon, which a lot of people in the industry do, uh, but we're also using Virgin American Oak press in here, which contributes a little more to that kind of vanilla notes, a little mm-hmm. bit of patch. And we're also doing a little bit of X sherry in here as well, which gives us some of that kind of like a little bare minimum of spice, you know, getting sweetness to the virgin oak, but you're getting that nice kind of spice from the sherry. And we're also doing full maturation. So we're not starting it in ex-bourbon and then moving it around to the cast. We're fully aging these whiskies in these different casts. And then Rachel Berry, with her amazing palette, is then blending them together in a way to
0: produce amazing product. Brilliant, brilliant. See, like that method, it tends to align itself more with like the Japanese and the Canadian methods, which is like kind of keeping things separated until the blending process. And you can't argue with that because they sell a lot of whiskey. They do. But yeah, Rachel Berry is... And you can't give enough accommodation to her ability to blend. Amazing, amazing stuff. Do you know, um, how big is this little town? Is it, is it, is it a town called Binriak? Where is the distillery located in, in the Side region? Do you know?
1: So this, is, this is just outside Elgin. Okay. So it is a very smaller town. But actually, if you've um, been to Longmorn at all, it's actually our founder, John Duff, founded both distilleries. Uh-huh. And so it's actually just a little, it doesn't function anymore, but there's actually a rail way that connects those two, where you can put barley in one, you know, rail cart and push it down to the other distillery. So they're they're very close in proximity. Oh,
0: wow. That's so cool. That's cool. Who's the distillery manager now there? Do you happen to know that name? I mean, sometimes Uh, these are like long time. No, no. uh,
1: No. So Stuart Stuart Buchanan is actually a global brand ambassador. And Mm -hmm. he's very heavily involved in um, the actual production process of it as well. Um, but he's definitely somebody who's had a lot of experience in wealth managing it. And then, of
0: course, Dr. Rachel Berry a Master Blender. So. Stephanie wants to know, where are you getting the bourbon casks from? I think that is a big softball, Stephanie. <laughs> uh,
1: maybe it yeah. might be
0: Woodford Reserve.
1: <laughs> or
0: Jack Daniels barrels. But it's interesting because you said, um, I mean, yeah, they're owned by Brown Forman. So I'm assuming that they're using Brown Forman barrels, right? Like, why would you sure. buy it from anyone else?
1: That's another great perk of having uh, that partnership with Brown Foreman. It's the fact that Brown Foreman is one of the very few um, cooperages that actually that distills their own product and also makes their own barrels. So we're actually able to hand select all of our Virgin American oat press and we're also able to obtain our ex bourbon um, from these different cooperages. So
0: whether interesting that you guys are using those virgin oat casts in the tenure because that to me like speaks to that bourbon ownership because it's a little bit of a hybrid thing. That's not traditional in Scotch to use that first use bourbon style maturation. And that's kind of something that's come about in the last 10 years. I think more of those people experimenting around trying to go for a little bit more robust flavor profile from the barrel. I mean, that first use is going to bring you a lot more. Stephanie says she was doing it for the, for the fans.
1: I love it. (laughs) Thank you, Stephanie. Keep firing away. Uh, That's right. That's right. And, and the fact that we are so innovative in how we do our and you'll see this as the age statement goes further and further up, you know, things we've been doing for 20, 30 years of experimenting with so many different barrel types and tasks um, really is a testament to Venriap and how unique it is. Because so, it's not something you see everywhere.
0: Wow. So very much a small distillery. And are they still contributing to in any, any blending houses?
1: No, they're not. So they actually, under a different um, ownership for the very first time after being Mothballed in 1960, they put out their very first distillery owned, um, under the ben name in about 19, I want to say 1998, around there. And then uh, once Billy Walker sort of purchased it back and was producing under Ben-Riac Distilling Company, that was in 2004-2006. So, but you will find a lot of independent distilleries out there. Um, Caden Head being one that have, back when they were blending, was able to purchase these pegs and are now being bottled under independent
0: stores. Yes, yeah, so so those really Heads, those Cadenhead independent bottlings are some of the most sought after in the world, for sure. Some amazing they stuff. Are.
1: And so you'll, you'll definitely find, because we have such a rich pedigree of, of just so much unique quality and so much different production, you'll find some really interesting bottles out there under a lot of different private colorings. Uh, um,
0: Well, right on. I want to remind people about our link to our GoFundMe page, which will directly benefit currently laid off bartenders at seven grand and bar jackalope. If you're watching this on YouTube Live, it's right beneath the video. If you're on Instagram Live, it's in the bio for seven grand LA. Can you walk us through this line, Rachel Potts? Like, like what? I I love this tin. And like I said, it's it's a really standalone. I love it. I, that is a daily sipper for me. It's so fruity, such an easy, it's grainy. Uh, I just tell us what else they have to offer. And we can't pass around taste for everyone heartbreakingly, but um, give us like some tasting notes and tell us why you think they taste the way they do. Sure.
1: So hopefully in the future we'll be able to have this at Bar Jack Low and people will be able to taste Everything.
0: I am we, Stephanie's <laughs> here. She will hold me to this. We are most definitely. As soon as we get open again, we are having you in because yes. this, <laughs> this was going to be your first whiskey society at at Bar right? This was. It was yes, I was oh, lucky yeah, yeah. you know, Rachel Berry came
1: to town and she did go and it with you guys. I got to sit in the audience, which was a joy for me. But this would be my first time.
0: Well, let's all stay healthy, and we'll we'll meet up and make that happen for sure. Godspeed. Perfect.
1: So. As I mentioned, Ben Riaf was, was a blending story for a long time, and they're one of two space-sided distilleries that they're on for. And so again, when in the 70s, they were trying to find some smoke content for their blends, and Isla was pretty much out of stock for them to actually use in these blends, they turned to Ben And you can see here, these are both 10 years, but this has a little Latin name called the We actually started producing on repeated expressions, and you don't really hear of a lot of space-side stories producing heated lists. Or at least it wasn't as common, you know, a few years ago. It's getting to be a little more common now, but it's definitely something that we originated decades ago. And it's something that we've embraced and gone forward with it. So this is the 10-year curiosity. This. this is going to be heated.
0: Well, and, I want some of that. Is that what, and, oh, I'm not even going to express my jealousy right now.
1: <laughs> I know. That's always a bittersweet thing of virtual
0: Positive thing. here. I'm trying to be optimistic. Soon I will get to taste this whiskey that you have. You
1: will. <laughs> you, will. You, know, you can let me know exactly which ones I talk about that you want me to break. So.
0: <laughs> if you just make it really descriptive, I think I can bear through. I'll just try to, in like, you know, power of suggestion. I'm going to put it into the tenure. Yes. Yeah.
1: So the beautiful thing about using, we use highland peat. So instead of carving out the peat that's in Iowa, we're carving out peat that's in the highland region. You're not getting any of that coastal matter. Um, you know, usually when you smell or nose the or bag, you get this very pungent, um, very, almost like iodine type smoke. It's Definitely. a very distinct smell that you can't, you don't really find anywhere else except for Iowa. Highland peat doesn't have any of the algae or coastal influence. We're carving out a lot of dried, and you know, peat that's come from trees and forested areas. So you're actually getting much more of a barbecue smell. So instead of having what Dr. Rachel Berry very affectionately calls a positive way to see people's armpit smell, you get instead, I get applewood smoke. So you're getting all the beautiful fruit notes of the tenure with the, the pear and the apple. And then you're getting this beautiful pungent barbecue bonfire smoke on top of that. And it lingers, but it's not overly aggressive. So this is still very heavily heated. Um, this is I wanna say between like 45 and 55 ppm. Wow. But it it just approaches you in a way. So if you're worried about drinking a like, smoky scotch or heated scotch because you've had other experiences that just you weren't a fan of, this is a great way to ease you back in trying to some peated scotches. Because again, it's a totally different flavor profile. It totally puts smoke. It is just as smoky, but it just doesn't have a fast as aggressive. And it lingers lightly in the palate. I saw a little bit of that peat lingering here, but it just dissipates so softly.
0: And do you know how many parts per million this is peated at, this grain?
1: So this should. this is gonna be around 45 to 50 ppm.
0: Wow, and oh, sometimes, fine. sometimes that will kind of mellow in the bottle, or or more mature islas Sometimes, kind of even with a high ppm count initially going into the barrel, it might soften at times. How does this compare to other islas that you you are you know fond of? So in terms actually, of peatiness,
1: no, that's actually a great point. So the peat definitely transforms, particularly when it sits in a barrel longer. So you know, we measure the peak going into the still process. You don't really measure it coming out of the still. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> but when- are, you, are
0: you riding a motorcycle right now? Because it looks yeah, like I you're know, standing in one place. Time. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> but you don't really measure it coming out because everything changes, as you mentioned. And the longer it sits in the barrel, kind of similar to just how and any of the fruit notes here age, is going to completely transform, being younger versus being older. So the shape here has a very high smoke content. I would say I mean this is definitely it definitely is a lighter single malt than like a full lighter art bag, I would say. It would definitely be more similar to me to the, like maybe of more up there. But again, just a little bit as you know with the texture with the pen, a little bit of a lighter texture, more creamy versus oily, I would say.
0: Oh yeah. It's got that, just that malty cream and interesting that you talked about the differences between peats, because I don't think that people think about that very often. The idea that like Highland peats can be very different from Isla peat, which is off the Southeast coast on the South and totally different ecosystem. So of course the vegetal, that that vegetal breakdown, which is what peat is, is going to be completely different because all the vegetation is different. It would be like so, lighting so, a
1: bonfire on the beach versus lighting a bonfire up in the woods near a cabin. You're gonna get different smells, you're mm-hmm. gonna get a different feel. The smoke even's gonna be slightly different feel. Um this is literally what the two are in a glasses. You know, this is exactly what that two are and actually like what the environment influences what comes into your glass here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting stuff. Actually, F. Paul Picot, we just talked to him and he had this interesting thing that he blew my mind about calling it not terroir, but providence. Um, Meaning that like we've intervened somewhat, like when you talk about wine or beer, it's, it is a lot more raw, but we're distilling it. So we're providence means we, we use some tools here, you know, like we, it is, we still maintain certain aspects of the terroir, but also there's a still like that shape of that still. And is it a, Tall still is it a big still is it a you know all those things are now piled on top of what traditionally we would think of in the tasting world as being terroir driven flavors. You know what I mean, like in the way that oh, like barrel
1: too they they're kind of coming into play as well. Using different barrels mm-hmm. also influencing that. So yeah,
0: absolutely. so it's it's using tools that people keep <laughs> using tools. So like it's A little bit different than it's providence as opposed to terroir, which is the way that. F. Paul described it to us. Um, I was checking in on the YouTube string here. Oh, Stephanie's still hanging in there. Okay, I mean, tell me the, the bottle price on the 10 year and then the curi- Curious. How am I saying that?
1: Yeah, the curiosity. Curiosity. Curious Bayside. Um, so these range, again, it depends on where you're located wise or countrywide, it depends on the liquor stores. But these range usually between fifty to mid to high sixties for these two. So yeah. So so still very approachable, especially when they're getting so much quality and it's such a smaller distillery, putting out such a great production that is again so much, you know, very much man made and like automated.
0: Very, very beautiful stuff. What is the next mark that you can tell us about here? Do you sure. have how many marks do you have?
1: I mean I have a lot. I I can go as long as you guys want
0: me to. We better you is- got a cool you've got a cool bar set up there. I'm feeling cozy so like uh we'll go until the link dries up. I know I'm kidding. I, yeah. people <laughs> have to like eat dinner and things I think but <laughs> No, your home bar looks so cool though. I, I I I want to see what's up on that shelf. I'm I'm sorry. I'm losing No, up. I mean you, I was this- When I start grabbing more bottles, I'll definitely
1: pan up this one here is the sherry wood so we spoke a little bit about glendronic and about you know rachel berry and how glendronic is just so iconic for their full sherry maturation mm-hmm. um, so this is actually a sherry fully sherry maturated venerillac it's going to be both pedro jimenez and Rosa sherry so for wow. those that know sherry they know that pedro jimenez is going to be much that kind of richer sweeter dessert sherry a lot of the non note a lot of caramel, uh, butterscotch, the old Rosso is going to be a little bit drier, you get much more dried fruits and dried spices out of this. Um, and though, again, all those notes were very iconic with Glendronic. Um, and so it's interesting when you get such a very light, creamy, sort of uh, very fruit-forward single malt spirit, and you put it in the same aging process as Glendronic. Glendronic you know, is much richer, a lot more oil content on there, so when you actually taste the difference, it's very, very fascinating.
0: Oh, that's beautiful.
1: Yeah. So yeah. is there
0: some kind of like central blending facility that Brown Foreman has over in Scotland where Rachel's like doing her magic? Like
1: so she we- between a lot of the distilleries. So um, oh, okay. We also have Bunglassau, which is a highland but on the coast.
0: Ooh. And there's
1: some great bottles there as well. And so she um, Oh yes. She spent a lot of her time at Glendrona because it is um, Again, just so much of, of what we're known for, but the Ben React spends just so much time on. And again, we have all the crazy warehouses, with a lot of these older barrels that I haven't even gotten to see yet. And it's so exciting to see, that, to know that we have just so many barrels to choose from in our back pocket that we can just take out and do a really cool special release. Just see a lot more sort of one-off expressions and single releases with Ben Reaction, just because we have so many interesting barrels and i sitting there since they were all for years. So.
0: Well, I can't wait to have you in again once you've come back from Scotland to hear those tales. Oh, look at there! She's drinking at home, but she's being a responsible drinker at home. She actually today. just poured out water. Yeah, she's drinking water. This is so good. Thankfully,
1: involved, but always better be safe and responsible.
0: So. <laughs> that's right. Oh, good stuff. So, tell us about this. Is what's the year? Uh, what's the year? Uh, okay?
1: So some people get a little hesitant with the Benrio because it does start at the ten year which is a little bit younger than you see from a lot of other single malts, but as you described as well, much more. And that's because of how flavorful and how full, you know fruit forward our single malts are. So 10 years are great mm-hmm. year to start. The 12 wow. years is where we start getting much more of that barrel influence. You can already see that big color jump. And also you get more of that color from the sherry barrel than you would from like an ex bourbon. So, this Kelsey. one, I know, a lot of sort of, uh, you're getting these fruits, but you're getting them instead of being uh, sort of just those ripe fruits off the vine and off the tree, you're getting them much more of like a baked or stew fruit. Mm-hmm. A lot of like stew cherries, stew figs, and all those beautiful cherry notes coming through of the caramel spice, nuttiness.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what some of the folks are sipping on at home. So if you're following this on YouTube live or you're on Instagram live, the chat field there, what exactly it is you're sipping on. We can't, you know, be going to the liquor store before these things. So whatever you're drinking, let us know what it is. You could be sipping on some Maker's Mark right now. Totally okay.
1: It's quarantine. <laughs> That's
0: right. So how much is the 12 you're going to run me of the bin at my local liquor store?
1: So this is gonna be around 60. It's gonna be very similar in price. Um, and also all of our something important to know, all of our single malts, whether it be Ben Rio, or GlenDronach, they're all non-chill filtered and no color added. So single malt scotch, you actually can add color to the bottle. Um, you can't do that with American whiskey, but you can do it with Irish and with scotch, and this is all just naturally from that barrel. So we make it very simple. Um,
0: and any texturing agents at all? Anything like to change the.
1: No additive, nope. Wow,
0: additives. that is amazing.
1: No
0: Mr. Andrew Apple says he's drinking bin reactin. Uh, that's hilarious, bro. Oh, no. right. yes, we know. Aye, aye, aye. Let's see if anyone's. Oh, come on, now. Give me something here. Oh, maybe people are just drinking bourbon. I don't know. Stephanie, what are you drinking? So um, what's the next mark in your beautiful line of the Bin Riox du scotches here?
1: So we go to our next heated expressions and unpeated expressions. So as you can see here, people usually prefer jumping straight to a 21-year. Again, I always recommend starting with the 10 because it looks like a lovely introduction to what we do and do so well.
0: Well so honestly it's like a, it's exemplary for a ten year it really is it, it gives something that's has depth beyond the age statement for sure.
1: Oh and also our 12 year just says that speaking of the San Francisco Spirits Awards, we actually got gold for our 12 year and um, in the 2018 as well. so all of these are very heavily accolated. uh the twenty one year has gotten the silver has gotten gold uh, and double gold as well so it's been been nice trying to keep track of all the awards we've gotten. It's <laughs> a good problem to have. That's right. So this is the 21-year and the 21-year temp force So again, you guys can say to peep or not to peep? That's always a question. What kind of mood are you in? Eating or unpeeped? That's right. And this is where we really see our complex task system really come into play. All of these are forecast maturations. So it seems like a lot, and it seems, I never personally, when I heard about it, before I tasted it, I was a little skeptical to see how all the four casks would balance out. But I have to tell you, I have never tasted a more balanced Cigalong Scotch. this 21 year, phenomenally balances a Virgin American oak Cask, X Bourbon, mm-hmm. X Diedra and Sherry, and X Red Wine. Mm-hmm. And so you're balancing all four of those, and they all really complement each other so well. I actually did a um, sort of a tasting demo at a tea club. So we tasted, you know, obviously we brought a whole line for the Highland heat that we do is very neat. And I brought both the unpeated and the peated, and the unpeeled was the favorite of the night of Beautiful. a lot of the just because it is so well balanced. I think it really surprised people.
0: So tell us what you're experiencing as you smell and taste these for us. We will live vicariously through you. So tell us what you're experiencing.
1: So I, I immediately off the bat, I get some richer sort of cherries and caramel on there. Mm-hmm. And vanilla for sure. A little bit of spice going in there as well. And a lot of pitted fruits. But what really comes through as well that I'm always surprised by is we talked about the fruit that comes in the year. We talked about those rich orchard fruits the pear and the apple. And this is where age really comes in beautifully with this line, because those fruits transform from being very rich, ripe orchard fruit to being chocolate. So I immediately get some pineapple as well, some banana, and all those fruits just really come out and become totally transformed in the glass. yeah. Okay. So I get some nice, nice colors on there. I get a little bit of nice sort of um, beautiful dry, but sharp, tart finish, almost from the red right wine. A lot of sweet barley on there also, caramel notes. And every time I taste the single malt, I always get something different. Because it's so complex, but but nothing really overshadows the other. Either. This is really coming together as you in the glass.
0: Are these both of these marks part of the permanent collection, or are they kind of limited edition things? or something we can only find sometimes?
1: These are both uh, currently uh, part of the main line. So as far as we're not planning on changing these out, there might be always some, some adjustments to some of the cast, you know, amounts. But um, this is definitely part of our war line of having those two. Oh, nice. But that's the beautiful thing about Ben Reon. Everything changes, you know.
0: So forever, Ben Riak will be associated with motorcycle riding. Yes. No, it's
1: not but a you know, bad,
0: not a bad brand decision, in my opinion.
1: It's the rebel single uh, space eye.
0: You know, it's- boom. You're you're gonna get a huge raise because of that sentence that just came out of your mouth right there. It's, like, <laughs> it's the single malt scotch of motorcycle rebels. Oh yeah.
1: Of course, don't drink and drive.
0: No, no, no. But there so are. Now- all right, yeah, right. tell us about this next one. I yes. was having a little sentimental moment thinking of when I went to Scotland, there were a lot of folks who, the, you know, the roads in Scotland are these kind of winding, there are a lot of motorcyclists out there. Like, it's a little crazy because they, um, you can get these automated tickets everywhere in Scotland. Like, it's not like driving, you know, like they have like these you get a one of those you know, cameras, takes a picture of you when you're speeding through the highways of Scotland, and then you get a nice bill later, which is not cool at all. But <laughs> on the off roads, it's yeah. beautiful. It's incredible countryside, and a lot of motorcyclists going around.
1: I mean, enjoying a, those curves. God. That doesn't seem like a bad motorcycle ride at all. I think the scenery would be amazing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but not after a distillery tour. I do not recommend.
1: No, no. No. Always uh, in that case, always Uber (laughs) a cab. It's
0: not not going to be cheap. Everything's so far apart there. The Uber bill would be pretty large, I imagine.
1: But that's why it was so great to hide from the tax man up in those hills in the Highlands and the Stateside.
0: That's right.
1: So far removed. So that's one of the beautiful things about these distilleries that if you go there, not much has changed. Since they we were open, I think we added two silks,
0: maybe, maybe changed the bean process of these, but a
1: lot of it still looks very much how it looked when it first which is fantastic.
0: So, you know? yeah, totally. Um, I can't wait. Once you go there, I can't wait to hear the tales because yeah. you know to have that sense, that hands-on experience of like, oh, I went there, and the air smelled like this, and all those makes yeah, it very personal. What is the uh, what's this? The, <laughs> say that again. I'm sorry.
1: I said I've been a few times in my dreams.
0: That's excited, right.
1: Even though I'm excited. So. <laughs> I'm
0: sure, when, especially because you already had the the trip was planned, and so like you start going there in your mind for sure. <laughs> so,
1: and I feel like hearing about these stories and the stories. I feel like I've almost been there, so I'm excited to see it in person and see how it matches up to you know all the stories I've heard so much about.
0: So um, tell us about this green label here.
1: So this is the peated version now of the 21. We have the 10 unpeated and the 10 peated. We have the 21 unpeated and now this is the 21 peated. So this is also four packs. So it's going to be Virgin American Oak X Bourbon. Now we're doing two different types of sherry. So we're doing X Pedro Jimenez, but we're also doing X Oloroso. So you can kind of see the little bit of richer color on there. So mm-hmm. And that comes to the Oloroso pack. Go Rosa is going to give you more of those kind of spice notes, going to give you a little more of those uh, kind of pitted cherries and nettiness to it. While Kate mm. eventually lifts it, adds some beautiful vanilla caramel um, in there as well. And again, we talked about how the fruit really transformed in years. So the 10 year of being that orchid fruit, 21 years turning into tropical fruit. So now that we're introducing the smoke element, and again, not going to be the iowa smoke it's going to be the highland smoke the barbecue smoke now we're moving from like applewood smoked you know barbecue now we're going more like hawaiian barbecue now we're going to the pineapple note coming out with a beautiful barbecue smoke beautiful bonfire
0: pineapple grilled over a peat barbecue no this is not yeah.
1: nice and caramelized oh, no, this too. You definitely is
0: Mm. I think you're gonna to have to call Drizzly again. I'm super jealous right now.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, Drizzly saving the life. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, this is um, this one is definitely very special and close to my heart. And again, I enjoyed Pete in the earlier on onset, and I kind of think for a while there, especially um, sort of earlier mid two thousands, it was almost like the IPA. It almost went to the point where everybody was drinking the heaviest heat they could get and start. And it kind of burnt some people out. Right? Mm-hmm. I used to drink very heavily heated single malt scotches and then I kind of was tiptoeing back into the lighter, unpeated version Irish whiskey, you know, bourbon at that point. Similar to IPA, it just was something I just overdid. And coming back to it in this form is really lovely because you get that high smoke quality, but now with the age, you're getting further away from that raw spirit, that raw heated spirit that's coming out of the sill, and you're getting more of that wood influence and more of the, again, tropical notes transforming, and it just completely gives you a different perspective on it.
0: Lovely, lovely, lovely. Well, thank you so much, Rachel Potts, for walking us through the incredible line of Bin Single Malts. At this point, curated by... Rachel Berry, one of the best in the business, if not the best. And I really look forward to having you in for an actual <laughs> Seven Grand Whiskey Society at Bar Jacklope when all of this is over. Please stay healthy. Uh, did you have any other stories you want to tell us about, like uh, before we trance off into the night here?
1: I'll just show you a couple. We don't have to taste what we're talking about. I'll show you a couple bottles as example. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. I'm, I'm not going to stop you. If you got something you want to taste, like,
1: so again, talking about Ben React's versatility and how they have all these very unique casts. So they, you can find some of these at certain different purveyors and collectors, but we have that Warehouse 13 full of dark rum tasks, Moscow Hill, everything else. So you'll find some one-off single casts, exclusive casts around the market. But if you see it, I would definitely, definitely recommend trying it. What, this one here I have is a 2005 Pied Fortwood, which is phenomenal. And this one I have here is a uh, Moscatel Hogshead. So the versatility of this distillery cannot emphasize like, enough, and how unique it is, and just how just phenomenal. This find something new all the time. I'm always constantly going out to the stores and looking around the market, and always finding a new bottle that I have to add to my collection. So it's a really fun distillery to start collecting, just because you have so much variety. By. Love it.
0: I love it. Do you know how much those marks are going to run me if I can track them down?
1: So this always varies. Um again, these are just certain examples because task size varies. So a hogshead, head, a Moscow hogshead, is gonna be a very different size than doing like an all rose or sherry butt. It's gonna produce a different amount. So the price lies on these is always gonna vary. Usually you can find some on the low end for 89 to so about 90 bucks. Sometimes you can find it on the higher end, so like 150, 170, 200. It just really depends on which cast you have, but if you see any exclusive tasks, definitely try to add it to your collection. Because they're
0: so unique. Love it. I love it. Thank you, Rachel, so much. I want to remind folks that right beneath this video, if you're watching us on YouTube Live, is a link to our GoFundMe page, which has been set up to benefit our Seven Grand and Bar Jackalove staff who are currently laid off. If you're watching us on Instagram Live, go to the bio there in 7 Grand LA and you can donate there. If you're laid off like many of us, please don't worry about it. I hope you enjoyed this tasting. We will be back as soon as physically and safely possible. And we'll have you in, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us from your place here and staying safe so we can all drink at home and we'll, we'll get through this together, right? <laughs> exactly, we're
1: it together. Thank you so much for having me. Um, really has been a pleasure. I can't wait to see you on the other side of this. So.
0: That's right. It's going to be great. We're going to have you in so soon after we open. Cheers Sorry. to you. Virtual cheers. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan, executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SpiritGuideSOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember.